Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. Welcome to the seventh episode of And That You Got Goes To, a breakdown and predictions podcast for the major U.S.-based award shows. Today, we continue our first season with a nine-episode miniseries on the 2023 Tony Awards. I'm your host, Spencer, and with me is our panel. Hello, I'm Kate Ranking. I am a theater is life on TikTok and YouTube, and I love seeing theater. Hi, I'm Ashley Hufford. I'm Ashley Hufford on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, and I also love seeing theater. Hi, I am JT Tranberg, and I also love seeing theater. Uh, I am JT Does NYC on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, all the socials. Today, we are going to start by discussing the design and direction of a musical categories. Today's categories include lighting design of a musical, scenic design of a musical, sound design of a musical costume design of a musical, and direction of a musical. We're also discussing two honorary awards, the Excellence in Theater Education Award and the Regional Theater Award. Let's get started by talking about the Regional Theater Award. This year, the Regional Theater Award goes to the Pasadena Playhouse in California. Ashley, you said you wanted to talk about that. Uh, I went to the Pasadena Playhouse this year for the first time. I went, um, they're doing a Sondheim, a celebration to Sondheim like series for this year. And so they're doing a ton of different Sondheim content. And they did Sunday in the Park with George when I was there in March. And it's such a beautiful theater, like the entire campus. And there's multiple spaces. They have an incredible patio space. Uh, and I just think it's amazing. And I really, really love it. And then the other day, I was talking to my landlord. Um, I rent from a family friend. And my the owner of the building is in her 90s. And she's from Pasadena. And so I was like, oh, I went to Pasadena. And I was talking about it. And she's like, oh, I used to go to Pasadena Playhouse all the time with my husband. Like when we first started dating, she's like, and we go to all these plays because there was so much going on there. And she's like, and we were talking, just talking about the Pasadena Playhouse. And again, like she's 90 and it was just really cool. And I was explaining to her that it was getting a Tony Award. And she was like, and I don't think she really cared, but I was like, it's really cool. <laughs> but I just think it's such a cool theater and I'm really glad it's being rewarded. And I think getting it during this year, this like Sondheim year that they're doing, they just did a little night music. Ellery Ward was there right now. Bernadette Peters was there. I just got an email from them yesterday, which I was mad about because it was like, do you want to see Bernadette Peters? And I was like, yes, I would. <laughs> Why are you in California? <laughs> but uh, I think it's great that we're rewarding Pasadena. And I'm, I'm honestly shocked it hasn't already gone. Like, because yeah. only because I feel like it's been a theater that has been around for so long and that we've heard so much about for like so many years. Um, and yeah, it just, Pasadena is stunning. So if you're in the LA area, highly recommend going to the Pasadena Playhouse. I absolutely love Pasadena Playhouse, um, but I'm I'm from LA halfway, so <laughs> divorced parents. Um, I'm from LA, and so um, Pasadena Playhouse is like one of the theaters that I would go to as a kid. And um, they did a production of Do I Hear a Waltz back in the '90s, like '99, 2000. Um, they got a cast recording that you can listen to, and it's fantastic. But they do a lot of like like offbeat musicals. Um, they also did my favorite production of Little Shop. Um, with uh, MJ Rodriguez and George yes. Salazar um, that should have gotten a cast recording if it weren't for the East Coast production. <laughs> I'm still mad about it. Um, but they also did the 90-minute immersive Head Over Heels production a couple years ago, um, which essentially did the layout that uh, Here Lies Love is doing now. So it's, I feel like they have been the forefront of all of these really innovative regional theater productions for years uh, and the fact that they're just now getting their due shocks me 
to no end. I feel like they already should have gotten a Tony, um, especially considering all the other regional theaters in LA that have already gotten one. Um, yeah, it's time. It's time. They're just fantastic. Um, yeah, so with this award, also, uh, they get a $25,000 grant. Ooh. To assist them in their theater making needs. JT? I have never been to the Pasadena Playhouse. I've never been to Los Angeles. I've never been to California. Um, I've never been to- You gotta go. West Coast. <laughs> but I have been saying for like three years now, when I go to LA for the first time, I will be going to see a show at the Pasadena Playhouse. I don't care what it is, but I will be going there because I've heard so many great things about the Pasadena Playhouse and I can't wait to go. And now they have a Tony Award. So I'm going to be visiting a Tony winning theater and it's going to be fantastic. No, JT, literally, it, that's how, like, when I went, when we, we went, we took the trip to LA specifically to go see Secret Garden and The Outsiders. And I was like, oh, I wonder what else is, is playing. And I just happened to look up Pasadena Playhouse because I'd never been and I wanted to go. And it was Sunday in the Purple George. And I was like, with, one of my like with two of my favorite performers so I like lost my mind I was very, very <laughs> yeah. excited uh and so it just very much worked out um to go and so I, anything they do there I think is probably going to be great I'm really sad um, I missed that head over heels because that production looked crazy and especially because when you look at that theater like it's so much a traditional theater setup I was like how did they even do this production because <laughs> it like is a proscenium theater and it's like a you know a normal theater right. <laughs> so right, it's right, pretty right. cool what they, they were able did to, like they did exactly what head over right and that's love is doing really now. fun that they just decided to to make a big swing like that like I feel like you don't get that in a lot of regional theaters and that's really cool that they were like you know what we're just gonna go for it I love that I think they've also been kind of at the forefront of doing um diverse productions for long before the pandemic which I think is you know worth pointing out because I feel like a lot of a lot of theaters decided during the pandemic that they needed to add diversity to their lineup. And that is something that Pasadena Playhouse has been doing for years. Um, the uh, the Little Shop of Horror production was before uh, the pandemic, but they also were doing stuff like partnering with uh, East-West players um, and doing specifically uh, Asian playwrights and doing, you know, a couple of one of those every few years. So I think it's you know, it's something that they have valued and I'm glad to, again, to see them recognized. And then our second honorary award is the Tony Award for Excellence in Theater Education, which this year is being which this year is being presented to Jason Zembuck Young of South Plantation High School in Plantation, Florida. Zembach Young runs a one-person, zero-budget public school theater department with upwards of 150 students participating in performances. He also operates a six-week summer stock theater camp for elementary and middle school students using high school drama students as counselors and mentors. With his South Plantation School students, he participates in international thespian district and state competitions and is an eight-time South Florida Cappy winner for best play or musical. He also fundraises annually to provide four $1,000 scholarships to help graduating seniors. Helping others overcome disability or life circumstances doesn't stop while the school bell rings for Zumbuck Young. He and his husband, Michael, have fostered more than 35 abused and underprivileged children. He's facilitated the adoption of foster kids in his care and become an adoptive parent himself. He offers free admission to all performances. 
for foster families so they can experience live theater. Well, this person sounds like a hero. <laughs> so I'm really glad <laughs> they're being rewarded. Coming from um, a, a, a Floridian theater kid, um, I can say that um, Florida high school theater is different than any um, other high school theater in my experience and from what I've heard from people just because um, we're like the kids that are the ones that that our state hates. I'll put it that way, um, for lack of a better term. Um, and so like theater kids, especially theater kids in Florida, have like a lot of gumption and a lot of guts and having a teacher or an educator or developer that is guiding you and being that rock for you is super important. And it sounds like this guy is doing that. Um, and so I commend him and appreciate him for, for that work. That's amazing. I also hope he really, like, they were able to, like, get a bunch of big Broadway people donating to his program. Like, I feel like getting a Tony yeah. Award, he can now be like, don't help me fundraise this. And they'll he'll be like, oh, last year we had $4,000 scholarship. This year it's $10,000 scholarship or something like that. I mean, it's so, especially, I mean, on top of the, I don't know how political we want to get in this podcast, but like to be gay in Florida and to be openly queer and openly running a theater program, like it's very brave, especially right now with everything that's happening down there. Making theater accessible for all audiences has been the hallmark of Zembuk Young's 20 years as a drama teacher. Each year he produces two full-length main stage productions, a play and a musical in both voice and American Sign Language. As an advocate for the deaf and hard of hearing population, he has reshaped policies to provide interpreters during and after school to teach his hearing and deaf and hard of hearing actors and crew how to communicate and perform. Wow. Oh my gosh. I am here. He's like a, a superhuman. I love it. Yeah, this guy sounds amazing. And so with this award comes a $10,000 grant for his theater program and tickets That's to the Tony Awards and Gala. Yes. His students will receive a visiting masterclass taught by Carnegie Mellon University drama professors. I thought his students yes. were also getting the Tony Awards. I was like, dang. <laughs> Wait, sorry, I'm, I'm just Googling him now because I'm curious. He did, he did a West Side Story production with a Jeff Maria and the rest of the cast was hearing. That's, That's brilliant. Incredible. That's so cool. Like, this doesn't even sound like a good and, guy. Like he sounds like he's doing some really cool, innovative theater. Like, <laughs> like really cool theater. I hope he gets to talk to Michael Arden. Like I feel like him and Michael Arden would probably have like a really cool conversation about like making deaf and hearing yeah. theater. <laughs> and whoever was at Olney. <laughs> yes, that too. The music man. But yeah, so again, this award every year is given out to a theater educator that has made an impact on their students. And I think that that is an understatement for what uh, this guy has done. I know, I'm like, $10,000 is not right? like enough. I'm like, give him more give money. Give him 25 <laughs> no, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give him money and the school money. That's right, literally. Yeah, give him personally money. He probably makes like $10. Right? Teacher. Oh my gosh. So now... Let's dive in to our competitive awards for this episode. So we're talking about design of a musical and direction of a musical. We will start with lighting design of a musical. There are six nominees for this award. 
We have Ken Billington for New York, New York, Lap Chai Chu for Lerner and Lowe's Camelot, Heather Gilbert for Parade, Howard Hudson for Anne Juliet, Natasha Katz for both Some Like It Hot and Sweeney Todd. I much as I love Natasha Katz and I'd love for her to win for either of those nominations, I feel like this is New York, New York's Tony to like I just I the the problem with not the problem. I I really like New York, New York, but the issue is it's so good and the lighting is so incredible and the scenic design is so incredible that it's just like not even a competition. Like there's a scene in New York, New York. Spoiler if you haven't seen it. Um, sort of with these where it rain with it where it, where it rains and it has these like this rain. They put this like scrim down this like see through and they project the rain onto the scrim and then behind it they do all these scenes where like the umbrellas are flying across the stage and people are like. And it's like, I literally can't stop thinking about it. And I thought it, it's just so beautiful. And I was second I saw it, I was like, oh, this is winning lighting. Like it's one of the most stunning effects to, that I've seen. It's almost prettier than what I've seen actual rain being used. <laughs> like it's yeah. so pretty. I just can't, I don't know. I don't see a world in which it's not the, the winner of this award. Personally. New York, New York does two things well. And one of them is the lighting design. Um, yeah, from even I haven't seen New York, New York, but um, out of these shows that I have seen and from talking to um, folks, I definitely feel like this is going to be New York, New York's. I would like um, for um, Some Like It Hot to win um, because I just really, really enjoyed the lighting in that show, um, in the scenic design. Um, but I feel like it definitely is going to go to New York, New York. Yeah, for me, like Sweeney is probably the second option for me I mean I like something like that too but I think this the lighting in Sweeney is really really beautiful and the way that she like plays with the lighting especially when you're like dealing with like the set is like pretty stark it's like not there's not a ton of set there and they're really able to like create very defined spaces like with the lighting where you always kind of know like when you're in the basement when you're in the oven when you're in the whatever like literally in the oven of, in the oven uh it is one of the things where I will say like my opinion, I don't think I've talked to you guys since I saw Sweeney from the orchestra. And like yeah, mine, did I? Okay, I was like, my entire opinion on the show shifted uh, after seeing it with Gina. And so I feel like, which it, again, is more of a, I think a, a problem with the theater than the actual production itself, where like when you're in that back of the mezzanine, you just cannot appreciate what the actors are doing, what the set is doing, what all of it is doing. Um, and I think the scenic design, or the, the lighting in Sweeney is, very very beautiful but at the same time i think new york new york is probably is going to take it so let's talk about uh costume design of a musical there are also six nominees here um we have greg barnes for some like it hot susan hilferty for parade jennifer moeller for learner and lowe's camelot clint ramos and sophia Choi for k-pop paloma young for Anne juliet and donna zakowska for new york new york um, I would like to see K-pop win here. Um, I think that the um concert uh costumes are fantastic, the performance costumes. Um, especially um that like green, like that dark green and black ensemble <laughs> um, um are so 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 good. Um, and her, like, that first dress that she wears when we first meet her. Um, like, those are, like, my two favorite costumes. Um, but I would love, love, love for K-pop to win here. Um, but I think that 
some like a hot or New York notable one. I think this I, is K-pop's best shot. I do too. I agree. I I think the problem though is the fact that you don't have people. There are there are a lot of people who are going to be voting for this that have not yeah. seen K-pop, and I think that's the that's the biggest problem here because of the the rule that you can have not seen a show in a category, and obviously the other five shows are still open and K-pop yeah. is not. But they uh, can't see photos. You're right. You're right. So. I would like to hope that you would see a photo and be like this. These costumes are very cool. Um, I also agree that this is probably its best shot at uh, at a win yeah. here. Um, and Juliet, I think would be. I think we've we talked about this about plays, but like so many of these shows this year are like suit shows. So like New York, New York is like. I mean, there's a little more than suits, but it's essentially suits. Some like it hot is suits. Again, other things too, but a lot of suits. Um, parade suits. Um, so it would be nice for like an, I mean, an Angeliette would be really fun. Like I think Angeliette, especially when it comes to their ensemble, have like such fun, crazy costumes. I don't think that's, I think Some Like It Hot is probably the favorite here just from everything, but. I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. I really don't. This is, this could go so many different for ways. For me, it's between, it's between Angeliette and Camelot. Ooh. Like the, the costumes in Camelot are stunning. Even just like the. Even just the armor is really good. Yes. Um, I mean, I would like Camelot to win specifically for Philippa's red dress. <laughs> Philippa's red dress is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen Every in my life. Every single dress she came out with. I was like, one, where is the microphone? <laughs> could, could, not could not tell, tell you. you. I was like... And that I think alone is like, that, that's costume design, right? Yes. Um, but just like everything that she wore, I was like, this, the craftsmanship on this is impeccable. Even just the lusty month of May dress with the flowers. Uh, um, but even, even again, just the armor for the men. And I think that men's costumes can be incredibly boring. Um, and Camelot, K-pop, and Angeliette all had stunning uh, men's costumes. Um, Angeliette too, just the details, the details on like yes. Romeo's jacket, like... Well, and I do think what's interesting about this year, this season particularly, is I think they're gonna we're gonna end up spreading the wealth on a lot more in terms of awards. Yeah. I think it will be pretty evenly distributed um, for the most part. Like a lot of the shows, like I do, I don't think and Juliet will get that much, but I think that they have a great shot here. You know, I I think that that there will be a lot more spreading the wealth in terms of uh, the awards this year. Yeah, I don't feel like there's going to be any sweeping this year. Not yeah. at all. I, I, feel like, I feel like because of, especially with all of the, the ties and um, a lot of the similarities between shows, lots of projections, lots of men's in suits, lots of the same subject matter um, as far as uh, book goes, um, I feel like there is um, going to be no no sweeping. I mean, I think the only sweep that we'll have will be Life of Pi for Design of a Play. They'll get. I don't yeah. even think that. I think it's getting two design awards, and that's it. Well, yeah, that's fifty percent. <laughs> that's not a sweep. Did you see? Sorry, did you see? Unrelated. I apologize for the interruption. Did you see Sonia is also the understudy for Pi. So now we have two female pies as understudies for Pi. And I'm like, I have to go see either Sonia or Uma. Like, that's so cool. I, I can't go see Life of Pi again. Like, 
I'll, I'm, I'm going to, I'm seeing one of them. I don't know when uh, Uma's going on tonight, but I can't go. I'm going to be yeah. funny, but I really would like to, I want to see it with female. Yeah. I think that's a really cool thing to do that now they have, obviously they have Kareem and then they have one male understudy and two female understudies. Um, and Sonia's is Sonia's uh, Pi's sister, like Jet in the show. Mm. Like that's her role in the show, but now she's also the under the other um, cover for Pi. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I, the costumes could go so many different directions. I would be happy with Camelot. I think that's a good. I don't know because I still don't know if Camelot has any other chances. I think this is it. Wins I think this is else? it for Camelot. Yeah, I mean, I I do think there's a world in which we see a Camelot winning, but like in terms of. The, the whole shebang, but uh, I think probably this is its own. So now we have sound design of a musical. There are five nominees. We have Kai Harada for New York, New York, John Shivers for Shuck, Scott Lair and Alec Newman for Into the Woods, Gareth Owen for Anne Juliet, and Nevin Steinberg for Sweeney Todd. I would like to speak about this one. I think this category is so interesting. Um, I think Sondheim is incredibly hard to design for because you have the lyrics, the intricacies of that. Then you also have these incredible Jonathan Tunick orchestrations. And I think that this is, should go to Into the Woods. It is some of the best sound design I've ever heard. And to do it for a Sondheim show in as large of a theater as the St. James is to be able to hear every word every nuance from any seat in the house i saw that show i think four or five times when it was on broadway in the house i sat in a different section every time i saw that show and you could hear it equally well in any of those sections so i think i'd i i really hope that that wins uh, i agree i could not agree more i think it's i think especially with the size of that orchestra like yeah. it's such a large orchestra and yet you could hear cerebrellas perfectly every single time like I agree. Like I think it, I think it's beautiful. Like I always think about how when they do the, but I know this is an orchestration thing, but the sound of the the beans and it's like, he's dropping the beans in and then like, but you're able to just like, it, it's so clear. I don't know. I was so impressed. I mean, it's also, I think it's also a cast recording I listen to a lot. And I think it's one of the best sounding cast yeah. recordings I've heard in the last five years. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that is, I mean, again, the, I think it does have the same issue of the fact that it's closed and the other ones are still open. That being said, uh, I think enough people had seen it either there or on the road that it'll have a decent chance of winning. Well, and I think enough people had commented on it at the time about it being so incredibly sound well, designed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also to what you said with the beans, it's incredibly hard to mic an orchestra. Normally it's even harder when they're on stage because you yes. have to do it. So there's not bleed. And the fact that you can hear those xylophone notes so incredibly clear every time is is a testament to that sound design. I was it was it even sounded decent at New York City Center which is a notoriously terribly yes. sounding theater hundred uh, percent <laughs> um yeah I definitely was gonna say that I think that um this is definitely into the woods category to win um for me it is what you were speaking on with the the Sondheim shows like when you like when any baker's wife justifies the beans and you can hear like every single bit of her voice without that violin like overshadowing her justify um is very spectacular to me um and every time that i saw this show um no matter who was 
playing the baker's wife i could hear it and it was fantastic something i listened for every time i watched this show um and it was fantastic um so that um the 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 giant echo the sound of of the of the boots clacking in act two like everything all everything was just all fantastic yeah and so i i think um of course i do think i i love the sound design for Juliet as well that's um, also, shout out to to Gareth Owen, friend friend of the podcast network, friend of hey. the network. But we, uh, I, I think that this would be well deserved for. Into I was going to say, I think for me, it's between Into the Woods or Anne Juliet, and I can see if 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 it ends up being the recency bias of, uh, oh, Into the Woods was great, but we don't quite remember it because it was so long ago. Then this will go to Anne Juliet, and I will not be mad about it. Um, yeah. Because that's another one that has such a large range of like types of music and like a lot of effects and a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And again, it sounds super clear. Like your net, you, it's it's beautiful. It sounds beautiful. And you're and you're talking about a very diverse range of yeah. of songs and instrument types and sound effects and computer. And, and there's whatever. so much dialogue in there over these like big pop songs, <laughs> like uh, like when you have the exchange in um. Is it blow or confident? I don't know. One of those two. Um, but they, when they have, you know, all of these club scenes and you're doing dialogue in that and you can hear all of that. Brilliant. I haven't seen that since it opened. I need to go. You, you need to go point. back. Cause I just went back again and I was like, oh, here we go. It's settled. <laughs> and it's very, it's very good. Hey there listeners. When the panel takes a quick intermission, I wanted to tell you about another Bloop Network podcast, Thrash and Treasure, where we torture the world's greatest artists with musicals, comedy, and heavy metal, even Tony Award winners. Here's a quick sneak peek with Tony Award winner Chris Catelli. Andy Warhol said that every, in the future, everybody will have their 15 minutes of fame. Now we can quote him on that, or we can blame him for putting the idea in our heads. And that's why we're in the mess we're in now. Because everyone thought, oh, well, Andy Warhol said it. It must come true. Well, I also should get a million dollars. No, it's not happening, is it? Anyways. Do people pull out their cell phones in rehearsal rooms like that you run? Oh, that's another one. It depends on depends on the, the level of like, if like for example, I just did a, a workshop of a new project and they do. And for that, I go, OK, it's not they're not getting paid as much. They're not in it, you know, doing a run, but I have been known to put shoe holders on the doors of rehearsals and people put their cell phones in before they come into rehearsal for sure. Good. You're there to work. You're there to be a team. You're not there to promote yourself. That's the problem. It's, it's gotten down to the promotion of self, not the arts, you know? And I, well, that's what I said anyways, but as we established, I am a curmudgeon and a bitch. So I will obviously <laughs> have opinions like this. All right. Anyways, we'll move on. What has been, your worst injury from dancing oh gosh i am um, i was actually when i per- was performing in cats i landed out of a jump wrong and uh hurt my lower back my discs uh, i herniated two of my discs was out for a bit yeah it was did not feel good <laughs> for sure but um yeah but with enough did you finish the show no I, I could i and i never did that there was a term called early release or er from your show and i was like i can't imagine ever getting through a show that you'd have to like leave midway unless you're really really sick or something and then a few months later totally happened and i was like oh i get it now i get why <laughs> 
you know, it, that's like a thing. And yeah, I definitely had to had to leave. Were you out for a long time? It was like a couple months. Wow. Yeah, I did a good physical, physical therapy and do all of that. Yeah, any damage to the spine is just, it's awful. All right, sorry to damper the situation. Have you been asked that before in an interview? No, actually. Mm-mm. Yes. All right, because I don't <laughs> like to ask questions that other people have asked. And I was worried that you, you may have been asked that. Matt, I know you have a question that you wanted to ask. I, I do. It sort of goes back to, you know, what we were talking about with, you know, pulling out your cell phone in the middle of the rehearsal room. Um, like back in the day when I was dancing, you know, back in, back when I was young, back in the 1990s in New York, we would learn all of our choreography from the choreographers or from the dancers that had learned it from the original choreographer. And so, I mean, Chris, with your work, I mean, it's looking specifically at Newsies, like there is a pro shot sort of version of Newsies. Do you find that people borrow your choreography without permission? And where do you draw the line on, um, you know, on seeing somebody's choreography and then recreating it? That's a, it's, that's such a great question. And um, it, it's, well, I'm actually on the, I'm one of the co-chairs of the choreographer board um, in our union. And we're dealing with that. We, it's like a daily, an ongoing daily discussion, and it, which actually gets harder the more platforms are invented. Like we just had a big conversation about TikTok, about like people then like would post something from like, I, you, since we're talking about like Newsies, for example, and they do it, but they don't give the choreographer credit, the original choreographer. So it's like, we're trying to figure out ways of, not that we don't want people to do it. Cause that's, what's so great is like, I love, I mean, personally, at least my, my feeling is like, I love that people do it and they like, they would want to do it. I think that's, it's, it's a lovely compliment. Um, but it's just the degree at which kind of like you're credited or not credited and when and where and all that stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a constant conversation, but I've definitely like, even when I've had to choreograph certain things, like when I did the King and I, there was with the Jerome Robbins estate that you there are certain shows of his that you have to go through as lawyers to get permission to do. So like King and I was one of them where we had to get permission to do his choreography, but we did it at Lincoln center and the stage was a thrust and not proscenium. So it had to change a bit because of just mm-hmm. the nature of the dynamics of the theater. So we had to get a special kind of agreement with them. So it was like partly his choreography and partly mine because I had to kind of take what he did and reshape it and choreograph other moments to like look like it was all in the same kind of style and vocabulary, which was, I, I found a, a really great challenge and, and was exciting just to kind of share that with him. But um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of all over the map right now in terms of, in terms of that. It's, it's interesting. It's an ongoing conversation for sure. You can get Thrash and Treasure anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And now back to And the EGOT Goes To. So now we have scenic design of a musical. We have five nominees. We have Beowulf Borat for New York, New York, Mimi Lien for Sweeney Todd, Michael Yergin and 59 Productions for Lerner and Lowe's Camelot. You have Scott Pass for both Shuck and Some Like It Hot. Now, we have all said New York, New York is going to win. We have. But because it is. <laughs> I was at the Shucked album release party this past weekend, and we were able to go on stage at Shucked. And the intricacies of that set, the different things that I noticed being right there and looking at everything, that set is crazy. It looks like it's just a barn. That set is so cool. That set is Hamilton if an earthquake hit it. 
Yes, 100%. But I do think New York, New York is going to win. I just did want to yeah. mention that, that I was there and was looking at the set more closely, and it's really cool. That's cool. I do, and I think Some Like It Hot also has some really great set pieces, but there's something about New York, New York that just makes the stage feel so full all of the time. Um, even when you have all of the space for the dancers. And I think that that's something that some shows struggle with is that when you have these big group numbers, the stage starts to feel empty because you have to get all the set pieces out of there. Um, but every single set in New York, New York just felt whole. And you have real painted backdrops. Like you have to shut that out. Yeah. Yeah, it's 16 hand-painted yeah. drops. Like, that's so cool. Well, and I also think it's just, like, an ode to what Beowulf... Like, Beowulf has done so much in the past few years. I mean, he only has one Tony nominee, Tony win, which to me is crazy because I feel like every set that I've loved in the past, like, couple of years has been his one of his shows. Like, he's done so much. And he's, like, 50. And I was, like, he's done, like, 200... I think he's done, like, 20-something Broadway shows and, like, over 100 off-Broadway shows. Like, it's wild. And so I think it's like, for me, I'm like, I'm glad that he's getting props for this one because I feel like so much of, so many of the shows he's done recently have been some of my favorite sets. Yeah, and even, also- Even like, because um, he did like, um, what was the, uh, the Mike Barbigula set. Like, so simple, yeah, but like, cool. that's, but like, that's wild. That's <laughs> like, you know, like he's doing shows like one man shows all the way to New York, New York. Like what a strange- well, and also he last year released a book called Transforming Space Over Time about the relationship between scenic design and directors. Oh, that's cool. And that book is so good. I recommend reading it. It is so fascinating. Um, but he, it's him talking to directors that he's worked with on shows, talking about their process together of talking about the set and designing the set. And then he also talks about parts of those shows um and then at the end he talks about he talks to Stephen Sondheim about what Sondheim wanted in sets um it's a really great book um and it's it has like 10 directors or something that he talked to in it it's it's really really cool and I I love him and hope he 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 wins this because it is well deserved here and again I don't know this is a little bit of it but I'm gonna bring up Mike Barbigal again I don't know if anyone saw the new one Yes. But there's a moment in that show, which is one of the coolest things I have ever yes. seen ever in my life on stage, ever. And it was one of the most shocking things I've ever seen. And I still to this day, I'm like, I don't know I how saw they did it. it. Like, I do not know how they did it. <laughs> in the almond It's the, was the was like, craziest moment of my whole entire life. Like, I, and it, I think about it all, I still think about it to this day all the time. And I'm like, I don't know how they did that. Like, I legitimately don't know. <laughs> I I didn't see it live, but I've seen it on Netflix a lot of times. And every time I watch it, I forget about it. Right. And then, and it, then happens. it happens. I saw my life flash before my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, it's going to hit me and I'm going to die. Um, I also think you should have been rewarded for the piano lesson this year. So it's fine. I don't like... Yeah. I think the piano lesson is one of my favorite sets this year too, and it did not get a nomination. I think that's insane. So, and the snow curtain, sorry, this multiple things from Ohio State Murders. The snow curtain was one of my favorite moments of the season too. I loved well, the and snow the curtain. the flying bookshelfy things. That was cool. yes, yeah. also cool. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I'm very happy for him. I'm glad he. I'm glad he's going to win. He should win. 
I just really, really like everything he does. And POTUS last year. I love POTUS last year. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I forgot he did that. Yeah. That set was so great. And he did Flying Over Sunset. Sorry. Which was, I did not love Flying Over Sunset, but I did love I never that production. Saw. The, the but the design scenic design, great. and that was stunning. The, the, there was a scene where they're like drowning in the ocean and they have this like wave of fog that I've like never seen anything like it. And that theater is giant and the entire stage was filled with thick fog. Like beautiful. There was more anyway, fog sorry, than audience talking, members. But... Literally. <laughs> it is one of those shows I do kind of regret not going back to because Sony Hebel said that they loved it at the end of the run. And I saw it like again, early preview and was like- but... I saw it at the end of the run. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, good to know. Good to know. But also, like, he's done four shows this season. It's yeah, wild. He's the Kenny Leon of scenic On design. Broadway. I didn't he realize did... he did. His first show ever was Spelling Bee. That yeah. is crazy. Sorry. That's crazy. First Broadway show ever. Great. Um, he did three shows last season. He's just, like, one of those people that's We'll get at least five. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's nuts to me. Oh, he did Burnout Hamlet. I also love this after that. Sorry, I'm just, now I'm looking. But also, things. like he and come he from away. A, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. He did a oh, book talk when his true. book came out, and it was uh, James Lapine and Susan Stroman interviewing him. Oh, that's cool. And he was talking to to Susan Stroman about the chairs in Scottsboro Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever seen anything from Scott's Railways, there's the whole set is really just these chairs and they, they build different things out of these chairs. They talked about these chairs for like 20 minutes about like the intricacies of the chairs and like what she wanted from them, what he wanted. It was so interesting. And I just think um, he, he's so great and I want him to get, all Anytime I think of Beowulf for it, I just think of the commercial that he did for whatever tablet it was when he did the set for a Bronx Tale on the tablet and was just like, I'm Beowulf for it. And this is, that's all I can think of. I don't even remember the book. He hasn't booked anything for next season, has he? Have they announced designers for all of the shows, though? No, but... Just Maybe he's doing Amadeus. <laughs> Did Anthony say anything? Yeah, he dropped Amadeus. the whole. He dropped the whole design team. <laughs> he's like sold. me and Beowulf for it are doing Amadeus next year on Broadway. Can't wait. He sells some of his set design models. That's kind of oh my cool. gosh. How I still need to go to the hotel that has all the set. Yeah, yeah so do I. And then our last category for this episode is we have direction of a musical. We have five nominees. We have Michael Arden for Parade, Lair de Bessonet for Into the Woods. Is it Lear or Lair? Okay, Lear de Bessonet for Into the Woods. Casey Nicola for Some Like It Hot. Jack O'Brien for Shucked. Jessica Stone for Kimberly Akimbo. Jack O'Brien is like 97 years old. I would also like to point out he he when we did went to the shock rehearsal he like stood up to speak and I was like who is this old man and then I was like that is the director. <laughs> Sorry, he's eighty three, but that is still oh, very old. That's so 
different. He was wearing like one of those like pashmina, like those long like pashmina scarves. And he was like wearing, and I was like, he was very fashionable. I was very, I was like, this man looks like he just walked off like the Paris runway. Anyway. He directed his first Broadway show in 1969. Wow. What was his first Broadway show? Oh my God. The first Broadway show that he, he was in a Broadway show in 1947. Oh my gosh. He was in a play. But the first Broadway show he, he directed was Cockadoodle Dandy. So the same show. He just directed Shock to what in the 60s. Got it. He also wrote the book and lyrics of an original musical that ran for three performances in 1972. <laughs> Amazing. I love the 70s. I love it. So many, like, oh, you know, one goodness. performance shows. He's directed Porgy and Bess at least twice. Just seems okay. like the right person to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'd love an he old white man directing 40, the 90s revival of Damn Yankees. Oh, yeah, okay, that, that was a good production. Oh, also Hairspray. Mm-hmm. Oh, the original, the original Hairspray. Well, there's only been Hairspray once. There's yeah, a yeah, non-equity yeah. tour. That's a, yeah, that's a, He that's directed the out-of-town tryout of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, guys, we forgot he directed Love Never Dies. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> and now he's directing Shucked. Um, but, but yeah, he is oh, old. He directed Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is maybe the worst yeah. thing I've ever seen in Broadway. Anyway. That's, that's uh, a it, was, it was show. horrible. It, was, it, it wasn't horrible. any better on tour. Just I so heard it got know. worse on tour. Well, because you didn't have the set. I, there was no set on Broadway either. Oh, okay. So it was just a bad yeah. show. It was, it was, it was a MS Paint projection. Yeah. MS, so it was the Legally Blonde uh, non-actor projection set? But no, Legally funny. Blonde had better projections. Legally Blonde was the <laughs> Canva version. And Charlie the Chocolate Factory was literally somebody opened up Emma's paint and was like, color. He's done a lot of shaman. And so it's interesting that he did Shucked and not yeah. uh because Casey was like, ah, this is mine. <laughs> you but cannot like have. It's, it's it's the definition of a Casey Nicholas. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. it is. It is, it is. Speaking of Casey Nicholas. He just did catch if you can and hairspray. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Casey, this is Casey Nicholas award to lose, in my opinion. Really? Not Michael Arden? Interesting. Arden's? I think it's Michael Arden. I, think I do Arden. not like the direction in Parade. Oh, I, I, love I, I, I love adore it. Michael Arden. He should be winning for Christmas Carol and not this. And the fact that I think he was snubbed for a Christmas Carol. I also think he was snubbed for a Christmas yes, Carol. So do I. I think Christmas Carol should have gotten everything. It's wild to me that it did not get all the awards. Um, I think it's a really interesting choice or, or thing this year, like for the for direction, because I really think there's like many different ways it could go. Uh, obviously, um, and I think there's a case to be made for all of these shows in very specific and different ways. And I'm very, and all of them are done so differently. Like you really have so many different choices here. Like even with Parade versus Into the Woods, which are both like city center productions, but like done entirely differently you know and then you have 
Shucked and Kimberly, which are both like musical comedies, but also done entirely differently. So I'm just like, it's a real, I really, Some Like It Hot probably is the favorite. And I think because of the fact that it's like, you think of the demographics of Tony voters. Here's my question though. Is the part we like of Some Like It Hot, well, so much of what Casey Nicola and I would even- It's the choreography. Susan Stroman as well there. Uh, Both of them are director choreographers. And so- uh, what of it is direction what of it is choreography, choreography. or is it just a whole thing um which is why i think casey nicola will win choreography but that this will go to michael Lord. i think if this doesn't go to casey nicola which i could see because the choreo is what we remember um i would like this to go to jessica stone more so than michael Lord. <laughs> i'm kidding i really like the direction in braid so i my God, I have Michael Arden as my winner, but I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't be mad with any, honestly, any of them to be like, I really like all five. This so. could also, however, be parades only win. And so, yeah, yes, I could be parades only win. Yeah. Maybe revival. I'm giving it revival, but I could see it. Too. I'm also giving, I'm giving it, I'm giving it revival and direction and nothing else, which feels crazy. And no, there's probably like a design thing in there. Or no. something. Maybe not though, actually. So I don't, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think it could be. I think Ben has a chance, <sighs> but more less and less by the day. Um, ben Platt, if you're listening to this, I love you, but I hope you don't win this. <laughs> yeah, he listens. All the like, I know all of the like uh, 2017 Tony's repeating memes, and I was like, I don't think it's quite the same because I do think he's like he. I agree. I don't want him. To, I I would prefer Jay to win. Um, that being said, I do think it is, I do think him and this is very different than him and Dear Hansen, Yeah, yeah. but it's fine. I also think it's so fun. I have not heard a single thing about Christian Borle anywhere in the press about the Tony Because Wars. even Christian Borle is like, I'm rooting for Jay. Even he said in an interview, I do not care. I'm happy to be nominated. I'm rooting for Jay. So like, he knows he's the sixth person in that category. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of And the EGOT Goes To. Join us later this week for our last episode before the Tony Awards, where we're discussing the big four categories. Best Musical, Best Play, Best Revival of a Musical, and Best Revival of a Play. We'll also be discussing two special Tony Awards for Lifetime Achievement in the Theater. Thanks so much.